0: Hello, this is Maj Swedan from Geo GeoInvesting Geo Investing was founded in 2007. We provide premium, microcap, and nanocap research to our premium subscribers. We stress quality in our research process. We are continually looking for what we call Tier 1 quality microcaps. We believe this is the greatest opportunity for investors to find an edge in today's market environment. We love to share our research and our ideas with you. We've been doing it since 2007, and we're only getting started right now. Please visit us at geoinvesting.com to learn more about our performance and to become a premium member. Thank you. This podcast is for informational
1: purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Modestway Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Avoiding the Crowd with your host Maj Sway Don. This producer, Bobby, and uh, we're we're so excited to bring you the latest episode of Avoiding the Crowd podcast. I'd like to welcome back our host, the Inimitable. That that means he cannot be imitated. Maj Sway Don, you want to? But I I mean, look, you're pretty cool, man.
2: The track record.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. We want to imitate the track record. That's right. (laughs)
0: Do whatever you can not to imitate me. <laughs> I don't want to
1: get anywhere in life <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, Jan, I don't know I mean, Mosh is pretty cool, you know He's got the guitar now in back of him He's, he's showing a little personality I mean, this is a big deal What are you this saying? Is I know
0: personality before this? Is that what you're saying? Listen,
1: nobody has a personality on pods Unless you have something in the in your background, okay? See, look, I have music and surfing, okay? The personality Now you have a personality, you have a guitar It's very cool All right. Well, Taji, so, you your, your drum set out You keep promising you play drums I haven't seen it yet well, how can I – I, I only I have so much space. I guess I could get one of those electronic sets. i live, now, so Bobby. Got to live. Do, I know. I should bring it down to Florida, and we could really get a jam session going. That's how it is. No, I got drums here. You can come and use these drums. All right, man. It's a date. Let's go, man. I'm ready. Yeah,
0: Just get your, us a couple gigs.
1: I'm not, I'm not coming down there unless we got some gigs, though. Call your
0: bluff. I'll get you gigs. You'll get me get some little, gigs? <laughs> it'll be a sold-out capacity of five, but I'll get you gigs.
1: How are we? What's the split? Are we going to do 50-50 or, or 60-40?
0: Yeah, the whole hundred bucks.
1: The whole hundred,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jan, this is a big deal. Did you just hear that? Okay, that's my that's my witness right there. I get the full hundred. Okay, Maj, you know I think we've bored everybody enough with our terrible jokes so far. So
0: let's get into some real stuff, Maj. Who we got on the pod today? Well, I just wanted to bring Jan on. Jan Zvenda, um, Zvenda. Sorry, Jan. Uh, and I first introduced Jan maybe into into the geo kind of infrastructure. Uh, early um, 2020. And you know, as one of my analysts, he doesn't work for me and I have him do work for geo investing once in a while. And um, actually we had him on a podcast um, when we were talking about a risk portfolio protection type of deal with a purple PRPL. And so he's really talented at what he does. And I wanted to bring him on now because I am I wanted to talk about turnarounds. Now, Bobby, we've been talking a of the last, I mean, I don't know how many podcasts or we've, we've had some great investors now. We've been interviewing investors um, in the nano cap space, in my cap space, but I really wanted to take it back and you know um, get back to how we started the podcast for a little bit. Maybe doing some educational stuff, case studies, to kind of go over some of the strategies that uh, I think are pretty good and that we use at Geoinvesting investing pretty successfully for the last you know 13 14 years or so, and I've used for like over 30 years now. Um, and one of those things um, is turnarounds, and Jan has been working on kind of um, introducing some turnaround screens. To our geo investing um, community, and now that we have like all this 14 years of, um, of um, you know of coverage universe in geo for all these years, we can go back and look at a lot of case studies that have worked out for us. Maybe even the ones that haven't worked and learn some things from them. Um, and speaking of turnarounds, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to be talking about a couple of day um, that have worked for us, and then maybe learning a little bit about those why they worked. And then maybe we have some things we can talk about, some turnarounds working on in the future right now at GEO that we think have multi-backup potential. And one of them actually being healthy living. This is a vitamin here I'm taking because Kate's making me take these now, my assistant. So <laughs> post-COVID, we got to stay real ve- very, very healthy. And that's why I'm doing that. So um, that's one of them. And um, the, both of these are pretty interesting stories. That we'll get into a little bit. But um, if you want the whole story, come to GEOinvesting.com. Um, and, you know, try to take a seven-day free trial. I um, highly recommend you doing that if you're really a nanocap kind of junkie. So, um, yeah, so uh, let's, talk, yeah, let's talk about some of the turnarounds, screens you're looking at, and maybe some of the things we look for, Geo.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, so what we shared with Geo members so far were basically screens that we've used in the past to identify potential turnarounds. Uh, probably, you know, the key point of the screeners uh, boils down to just improvement that is not necessarily obvious uh, in, in the first place. So obviously, you know, if you're looking at a turnaround, you might think, oh, you know, increasing revenue, improving margins, you know, things like that. But what we found is that, you know, you have to be kind of careful how to screen that, because if you are going to go for the obvious thing, you you're unlikely to really find much Uh, you know you have to kind of have a screen which is you know halfway there you know perhaps no revenue growth but improving margins right so that's been one of the one of the screens uh that we've looked at you know and and there is like you know 50 60 stocks that we've identified i think for that screen um uh, and we've kind of like introduced that uh list to investors that might be interested in those companies and so basically of course what we're looking at is trying to with the screener to identify the information arbitrage that you know what we do here, you know, uh, with, with Maj as, as bread and butter. So trying to find a screen that is not too obvious, you know, and that is not necessarily showcasing that is already, you know, that the turnout is already in full blown um, full blown uh, proportions. So, uh, you know, m- you know, improving margins, no revenue growth, that's, uh, that's one of them. Uh, you can also look at basically, uh, you know, income and revenue growth. So basically, let's say that they're still, um, you know, generating a loss, but the revenue is increasing, right? So you know, you could see that maybe slowly it could eventually, uh, you know, turn around and actually uh, going to break even and 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 um, and, uh, and beyond. So uh, the revenue and net income that was uh, that was another another topic. You can kind of mix that in, you know. You can kind of mix, of course, all these factors inside. But I uh, think that you know these are probably the basic uh, basic things that we uh, we've pointed out so far. Um, and uh, yeah, these these help like to to find the, the stocks that might be improving. And I think that what is also important to do after is to try to find the gap, non-gap difference, right, uh, which, which we are also focusing on. So I think a lot of the times or, you know, several times that we found turnarounds was based because we looked at the press releases, we looked at the, you know, quarterly earnings and we, we thought, oh, you know, um, the company is, you know, the company is still making a loss or whatever on gap earnings, but sometimes you can adjust that and come up with like an improving trend. You know they might have one-off things that are related to the turnaround or things like that. So you know the screener itself, if you if you build that, you can kind of start looking into the companies and also try to identify some differences that might, you know, people might not be really looking at, uh, you know, just because they might not be running the screens or they might look at the company on the gap or basis and they say, well, you know, that's not really interesting. But actually when you put the work in and you you try to find know things uh, that are small differences you know management commentary of course is a big part of it as well um, then you start getting some 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 results so the basis is the screen and then maybe we can try to you know find the non-gap gap differences and obviously what we you know what Maja is doing and what Maja is great at is to interview the management you know and so then we get into t- you know that's maybe of course way down the line of the research but i think that then you can understand a lot more when you talk to the management and i think that that's really something that makes a huge huge difference um um because that's what you know microcap investors are not usually doing i think that i haven't seen that many pe- people doing it on a regular basis uh when i was uh when i was really looking at others research um i think i really rarely saw people uh, uh you know interviewing the management which is another another important thing so yeah like that the basis can be the screeners you know it should be pretty simple I, I think we're not running something overly complex but you know the revenue margins of course these can be gross margin operating margins or so if you look at you know uh gross margin of course it can be improving revenue mix if you look at oper- operating margins and can also be cutting costs right so that's that was uh another screen we ran where basically said no revenue growth uh you know could be loss-making, doesn't or profitable. It doesn't really matter. But improving operating margin, right? So basically, you're looking at you know some initiative of the management, you know, uh, with regards to the company itself. So you have the screeners, and you try to, you know, try to find some information arbitrage if you're lucky, uh, and, and and if it seems good, and if the story is, is is worth looking further, then we usually interview the management, which which you can all access on on, on Geo Investing. Basically, the whole research process. But that's how we go about it.
0: What was interesting to you, know, and I remember when I was starting out uh, investing, I, I used to begin my research process by looking at you know, momentum stocks, new highs. And then eventually I started using screeners a little bit, but I don't, we don't love screeners because they're only as good as a den that goes into it, right? So um, what I used to do at that time was a very simple screen. I used, used to look for revenue growth of at least 10%, nothing crazy. Um, shares outstanding less than, I think it was like 20, 25 million. I was looking for really small companies. Um, and price under, you know, maybe 30 or something. Um, that was it. And then I, I remember like the task was like, I started doing it with just looking at those companies that spit out, you know, profitable kind of numbers. And I was like, ah, oh, no, then you like, there's, there, but it's, there's so many companies that come on these screens, right? And like, but then you realize, you know what, you want, you want to dig. And like Peter Lynch says, turn over all those rocks, right? So if you're late, I, I can't be lazy. What's, I mean, let's look at some of these companies that are losing money and see what's going on there. And you start to find these beautiful stories of, um, and I, of companies that are losing money that a lot of maybe investors are ignoring and they're going to become profitable sometime in the future. And then I kind of kept that in my back pocket and, you know, and then revisited it years later, really turning up the turnaround story. And what I love about one of these screens, I love, that, I love it when we're looking for companies that have that, um, you know, no revenue growth, but something going on you know, in the story whether it's improving margins, maybe the bottom line is getting a little better. That's one of the good ones too, is like you see, um, if you find the companies that are um, not maybe not growing revenue, but are actually starting to turn profitable, they may be closer to an inflection point in a turnaround storage. They don't have to wait as long as they get it. And you find a lot of that in these recurring revenue turnaround stories. Um, like, you know, Altagen, ATGN, that's a company we've been following for a while, um, in the, you know, in the UCAS or cloud communication space. And when we came across that company, I think it was end of 2014, uh, um, maybe that was in, you know, or, or the beginning of 2015, um, that, you know, the stock was around, you know, 25, 30 cents, and it, actually the stock had hit a new high, that's I, for a brief period of time. And uh, um, after learning about the story a little bit, I, it, it looked like the company was, at least at that time, talking about this turnaround maybe coming to a inflection point, which, by the way, ended up not being they were wrong in terms of timing, <laughs> um, but what I, but what it was, was a typical story of this recurring revenue model kind of switch where the company had a lot of, um, had, had, basically was an on, was, was serving its customers to an on-premise solutions um, with their cloud communication um, kind of, or I'm sorry, with their communication needs, a lot of hardware involved, you know, a lot of networking equipment installed at, at, at the uh, customer's um, home base or, or, you know, or, or, or subsidiaries divisions locations um and there's costs involved in that and the company was a little late in kind of taking a cloud communication asset light type of um, approach to this and um the new ceo uh who arrived on the scene i think in 2013 maybe that's right my memory serves me correctly wanted to change that and had to go through a battle actually with the board to do that and the and the previous ceo um, so but when you have that situation where so and they were selling very lumpy revenue licenses, perpetual licenses. So you mm. sell a license to a customer, uh, one of your customers, and they basically own it now. So it's one big one purchase that's great for one one time, but maybe you got some maintenance revenue um, revenue that comes along with that over the years, but um, that model is dying, you know, and it's been dying for years. And, and um, so when you do this switch from your on-premise or, lumpy licensing revenue models to a recurring revenue model, You're gonna the revenue's not going to look as hot in the beginning of that turnaround. So you have all these customers that are coming off as, you know, you're going up against quarters where you have this lumpy, real high revenue. So let's say you sold a, re, let's say you would sell a license for 2 million bucks a pop or a million bucks or a hundred thousand and pop. And now you want to tell, now you want to go to a recurring revenue model where maybe you're selling, you know, a lot less annual basis, but for many, many years, it might take you three or four years to get to that, you know, license that, that lumpy licensing number. So, but it's but it's recurring, it's it's predictable, and the market likes predictability. So you have this opportunity in the very beginning of that to, that that, that uh, process to say, well, okay, let me see how that recurring revenue component is growing. No, not less. So, so a lot of you know the the screens are going to look at the consolidated revenue. You know, um, they're gonna look out and, and a lot of investors are gonna, even if they're reading a press release, they're gonna you, you can see a headline, you know, no revenue growth. But then when you look at the details, if you're able to get the details and say, okay, well maybe they have no revenue growth or even declining revenue growth because you're losing this really high licensing revenue component. But you look at the line items you have, oh, very, very, you know, high cloud revenue growth or recurring revenue growth of 20, 30%. Now you're starting to see some interesting trends underneath the hood, right? And eventually, that revenue becomes most of the revenue. Um, and when the market sees that you start getting these really major expansion in the price of sales and even the sales multiples, and when yep. we had found the T Gen, I think it was trading like maybe a, a 0.5 multiple. And now it's approaching, I think a th- three or four now, and that's what happens. And they're not even, they're probably still only halfway. And by the way, I do own the stock, Bobby. Um, and uh, do you own it Yon? Just want to make sure uh, you know. me personally no, I okay. you. no, I didn't. I can just going to disclose if we do or don't. Um, and I just I, I think they're still in the very early innings of that transition. Um, the company right now actually is um, but they were missing a few building well I don't not I want we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, they were missing a few components um, to their platform to make it a bang bang uh, platform to be able to go out there and service some of their partners, um, like Fiserv, and Microsoft, who are going to be, we believe, big drivers of the growth. And then there was the issue of some. They had were able to move over a lot of other legacy customers to the, their cloud platform. That was low hanging fruit, but they weren't able to get all of them. So they were able to over the last like four or five years convert the low hanging fruit to that revenue. But the platform needed to be a little stronger to convert the rest and to keep up with what's going on technology wise. And they have kind of, I think, plugged those holes now. And I think they're one or two quarters away from really seeing a significant uptick in the growth. If you look at it right now, the revenue growth hasn't been that fantastic on like a consolidated basis, but the cloud growth is still, you know, respectable. And they did, but well, they did, you know, okay through COVID. So that's an example um, of how we, and we actually see that a lot in these recurring revenue model kind of companies. We're always looking for these turnarounds. It doesn't have to be a software company. It can be if if a company's just shifting to that kind of mode if it can, and we like that. So um, that's one we like a lot. And we have a lot of research on that at GO 2 if you want to come take a look at it. We actually have about uh, three uh, smaller cap companies in this space that we think are inflection points of growth in the cloud communication space. Yep. Um, that we think are multi daggers, actually. Um, and if you want to learn about those. So that's. You know, yeah, one of, the, one of them is
2: like like kind of like early ATGN by the feels of it. Uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to share more, <laughs> but, um, but that, that's really exciting. I, I think that's really. Really great. I mean, like, yeah, like when you look at, um, I don't know, like, you know, large caps like Adobe, you had these cloud transitions where, you know, investors got excited about it because they understood that once you, you know, pass the year three or whatever uh, in the cloud um, business, you start making a lot more money because you might charge less on the initial, initial three years or whatever in terms of the revenue that you get. But, you know, then it's perpetual. I mean, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft, just as another example, like all, you know, now the offices in cloud and things like that. You pay it yearly, monthly, whatever, and the revenue that they're gonna get is actually higher. So it's like a you know, microcab version of this. And there are companies that are going through this. Of course, in the microcap world, it's not as easy for them to go through it. As you said, Maj, you know, there are some challenges, but we're certainly looking into those and um trying to figure out when when is a good time.
0: Yeah, and um right now we're looking at two um and that I guess the one you're talking about could be a turnaround, but it's more of a reaching an inflection point in growth, right? Where, <clears throat> yeah, sure. And uh, they, they did were, struggle
2: before, but like not as not as much, I guess. But um,
0: yeah. A lot of the revenue from that for that company you're talking about was um, um, derived from just like boots in the ground, or kind of just just. I mean, actually, I'm sorry, incoming calls. You know, just sales coming into then a the company. Hey, we want your product, kind of thing as opposed to boots on the ground out there really um, with an aggressive marketing strategy. And they're turning because they had success with what they've done so far, they're about to pump a lot of money into the, a more aggressive marketing campaign with, a, with I think, um, a platform that's um, going to be, it's pretty strong. Um, and I think the market's going to figure that out soon. Um, again, we have a lot of research about that one at Geo, too. Um, yep. I, I like the, the three cloud companies because um, they're all attacking it. These, these cloud communication companies were covering in a different manner so they're not walking all over each other and, and that's kind of cool and they're all actually profitable which is hard to find in that space you need to go no. like under, you know i don't know it might be profitable now but a lot of these companies just aren't uh, profitable <clears throat> and they're selling it you know insane valuation multiples like 20 times revenue and then in that in that area so um there's a lot of expansion in these th- these three companies are all selling at well below those levels i think well below maybe the highest ones around four-ish um, of those three. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I, other thing though, I so we're looking at two more right now too. Uh, one I want to really, is really exciting. It's a on our run to one portfolio, right? And um, it's a pretty illiquid company and we've had it for maybe, I've owned it since 2019. Um, and we're still doing some more research on it. When I first entered our funnel, it was this is a company that was, this is very interesting because it's actually, kind of in this recurring revenue model shifting we're talking about they had an asset heavy type of um even though it was an online platform it was still asset heavy and basically buying and selling um you know phones basically uh uh matching consumers with the suppliers of phone and they took the technology that was powering that um that platform and now they're actually selling that software and that technology as for licensing and you know recurring revenue kind of fees. And they've just hit, I think, that pretty interesting inflection point where that's really starting to take off. Uh, um, obviously COVID helped with that probably get that going a little bit. Um, so you have a situation where you have a company that's actually growing revenue pretty nicely and I think like 25, 30% finally, uh, but they have really low um, gross margins of like, I think 10% or something. So what I want to find out now is like well, what do we get this double whammy effect eventually here of risk revenue growth accelerating and we get much higher gross margins maybe in the 30, 40, 50 percent range that can occur uh, maybe with the recur this software model license. And then they, what they have really, what's really nice is inc- I noticed um, on you know, great operating leverage. Uh, they had an increase in 26% in revenue and a decrease in the Opex. Mm-hmm. So this is very, very powerful stuff going on here. If they can find a way to continue to grow revenue, get more licensing revenue. And um, it's, it's not easy to reach the company. And I really want to learn more about the model. I don't want to make the assumption that gross margins are going to increase, but even if they don't, um, they have that really nice operating leverage, pretty interesting to watch here. And further, they're actually, they're doing some stuff too. You want to de-risk the balance sheet too, right? So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Without.
2: For sure. I mean, it's really, really interesting situation. I mean, it just goes on to show how well we know the space. Like, I mean, know has been doing this for forever. And I mean, I know that for myself, because I used to have my own newsletter that was looking at ODC stocks. And after some point, you just know all the companies, right? Or you know, most of them, most of that are, that are worth it. And that allows you to really, you know, kind of, um, uh, sit back and, and really try to find the ones that change over time. And there is a lot of them because a lot of them are just, you know, great companies. Uh, they are really just, you know, pressured by whatever macro, micro situations could be the management or whatever uh, have you. But, you know, one or two da- years down the line, you you wake up and you see like, wow, you know, this this company trading, you know, one times below price to sales while it's, you know, the sales are, you know, above 10 million, uh, you know, a year. So it's, it's, it's for a micro cap. It, it's a pretty substantial amount. Um, and uh, I mean, that's like 10 million a quarter. They do more than that. Yeah. Uh, so basically uh, that was really, that was, that's really interesting.
0: Actually I, and, add, they, uh, actually, I think they did like twenty five. I think they did over twenty million for the quarter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, even even more than that. So I mean, it's really really big revenue stream for a company that is valued you know below a share first. Uh, sorry, below a dollar. And obviously, that always de- depends on the share count and things like that. But you know, like you know, you have this kind of clear idea that this is a large company uh, that has been just you know kind of forgotten by the market. You know, you know they had some. Uh, they had some maybe slow developments, but you know, now it seems that they're really going at it. And I think management is very bullish. And even though like, of course, every management is bullish, uh, not every management starts to like de-risk the balance sheet in a way where they, for example, take away the credit facility just because they don't need it. Um, or that, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, have a, have a high insider ownership by the, by the by, the insiders, be it the board of directors or uh, outside shareholders that have been there before uh, for a long time, and they they are all buying. You know, they're all buying uh, the stock. It's not easy. It's not easy to accumulate if you're a large buyer. Um, so they they yeah they have all, all sorts of things that are going for them very well. And I mean like all around, it seems uh, it seems like a great uh, great opportunity. Yeah, and as yeah as Ma said, that's basically you know the margin story and things like that that you can find through you know, initially perhaps the screeners, but then when you look at it more in depth, you can find these stuff, this stuff, right?
0: And the beautiful thing about these turnarounds is the re-rating evaluation. Because yeah, when, a, sure. when a turnaround goes from, you know, you know, to a less risky proposition with some growth, uh, the market's going to give it a higher valuation. So in this case, we have a situation where um, maybe the company is going to finally have some consistent growth, de its balance sheet, got rid of all its, you know, um, debt. Uh, uh, they, like you say, got rid of the credit facility, also paid off what was ever was left on it. it, got um basically got rid of some deluded securities, uh where the actual um instead of getting paid off, a lot of the insiders who um or the investors who are had these companies want to want the want it in stock. Yeah. So you have a situation where this company is selling at a price of sales. I think you said uh, under point was it point, am I point five or so
2: like, yeah 0.5 should they do the full dilation it, the, the dilution thing it's about a high like 0.5 which is just insane which
0: was probably the right evaluation for the, the risk that was there first you know there was it was being priced to go bankrupt really in my opinion um now you have a situation where this thing what if it gets a three to four x on revenue you know why, why couldn't yeah. it if, if the multiple if this recurring revenue model really starts working and they start getting more licenses there. This could be this could be one of those magical kind of things where you're getting a six to eight ten multiple. Remember, right? Because apparently, I you know, I believe they may have the best technology for this 40s running these kind of platforms. Um, and um they've they're committed out there to buying stock, they've been buying stock for three years. They just approved under buyback program. Now, when I say buyback, I mean the company itself is buying back stock, and then the are buying stock too. So it's just, you know, you're getting it. You're just getting a perfect storm here, in my opinion. I mean, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And that, that, <laughs> release, mean, came, that release came out, it was probably us buying it and some of our members and just no one else cared, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it's, 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 gonna be on, it's a $100 million
0: company yeah. or more now. Yeah.
2: And like, I mean, like, it's insane. Like, who who does, who takes away their correct credit facility, you know? Like, I've never saw that in my, you know, life or whatever, right? Like, usually you just have it there yeah. for a reason. But so this is super interesting. And I mean, a lot of it, they, yeah, I, the research that we got so far is really cool. And we share it with our members a lot. And it's already up a bit. But, you know,
0: it's still, like, nowhere, I think, where where we can finally see it in the future. That's like a football. Give me the ball, right? It's like, you know, you're just give me the ball. I'll take everything yeah. else. Take everything else, and. They're that ballsy right now where they're saying, you know, we don't need a credit facility. Um, yeah. And, and uh, out, out what's also interesting too is we found some um, hidden kind of verbiage and documentation that kind of might hint this company being taken over uh, by one of their customers. Um, that option is there. we're trying to get, maybe that's why they got rid of the facility. Like we don't, we, we just know we're going to sell the company at some point. And maybe they already have something they're working on. Um, yeah. But um, this, this is going to get exciting. Yep, and the other definitely. one, which you don't want to get into now, but it's the, it's the vitamin one I was talking about. Maybe we can, we think this could be the next, like, I mean, I hate saying next comp, next monster, next Celsius, but I'm not going to do that, but it's definitely another company with substantial revenue. That's gone through a, a wonderful turnaround story where again, revenue growth is not looking that hot, but what they did was this, they, um, the, a new CEO comes in to a, basically, um, Take a brand that was already established, great brands because of what the, what the old CEO and founder did in the past. But in order to establish that brand presence, the previous management had to spend a lot of money to do it. They couldn't do it profitably. They basically sold their soul to the devil, right? So the new CEO realizes, hey, I got, a, I got an interesting maybe a, some easy lifting here. I got a great brand. I just got to find a way to, um, how can I cut some costs out of the, out of the uh, model? How can I improve my sourcing of material from like raw material costs and stuff like that to manufacture things? Um, and um, how can I start maybe introducing some higher margin products uh, through a distri- an established distribution channel I already have? And they're having some early success doing that. And I think they've actually had an inflection point. And this could be really interesting. Um, so if you want to learn more about that at GEO, you can come to us at um, GEOinvesting.com
2: guys do it like do it just like there's no way around (laughs) you know if you're interested in microcaps and you're not subscribed just there's no way because like I mean you know I've started to work with Maj very closely of course I know him uh for quite some time like I think we spoke in 2015 for the first time and uh but I didn't really I did my own research and you know things like that but but when I when we got back I mean I understood like how great of a track record Maj has in beating the SCP five hundred and some of the portfolios are just amazing. And I mean, yeah, ATGN like went from whatever twenty five cents to three dollars uh, in in about two years. And we have you know a bunch of that. And so yeah, like
0: just do it. There's no way around it. Thanks, John. I didn't pay you to do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think I think that's good for now. And um, I guess um, Bobby, um, thanks, man. You there? There he is.
1: I had one one question for you guys, if you want to humor me, if that's okay. Um, You know, when it comes to turnaround stories, what would you say is the most common turnaround story that
0: ends up being successful? I'm glad you asked that. Because it's like when people people ask me the question, what's the approach to investing in general? What's the process? Mm -hmm. And to me, there is no cookie cutter approach there's things that are replicable, you know, over time, but almost every story is kind of can be different. Um, uh, so I, I guess really maybe what we should do, yeah, we can go back and look at all of our turnarounds at geo Investing, and maybe we can see, that'd be an interesting checklist of stuff. Right. I mean, I know that'd be, like, that'd be
1: really cool. Yeah.
0: But I mean, it all comes down to management really in mean, we, we yeah. like the end. We like management driving the story really. Um, I do see a lot of the issues um, in turnarounds uh, why turnarounds fail sometimes or why they stagnate. A lot of it's in the marketing sales and marketing area of the process. Um, Having the wrong approach to it, hiring the wrong people, um, uh, being aggressive at the wrong time. I've learned that. And that seems to be a common theme I've seen across uh, uh, some of them. It doesn't mean they fail. It means, you know, if you have a good CEO, they realize that and they fix it. Um, and I like coming across those kind of situations too, where there's been a mistake made by a CEO, who's a good CEO, and they won't do it again. You want to kind of—it's good to kind of invest in these CEOs that already made that mistake, <laughs> as opposed to like a rock star CEO that they made any mistakes yet, right? Because when's it coming, and how's they, how are they going to deal with it? He or she going to deal with it? Yeah, that's a good well, question. Well, I thought we can dig into a little bit. Maybe make a little checklist or something. Well, because I
1: because I think it's fun to dispel the rumor of like. Oh, it's just, just this was a formerly super popular brand. All they need is just a quality, you know, at least a, you know, someone that's somewhat competent, and then you'll watch the company flourish again. Like I I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it, at the end of the day, it always comes down to management.
0: This and I want to end this. This is why I like turnarounds too, because as Jan talked about earlier, you're trying to basically invest in places where others are ignoring or there's stereotypes to, to why you should ignore the space. Um, and even like the great investors like, um, you know, Lynch and maybe even Buffett. I, th- I think I found a quote either Buffett or Munger about, you know, avoid and sometimes. And it's even, even the greater investors will ignore it. Some of them or telling you you shouldn't do it. Maybe they think we're not skilled enough to do it. And I think we are skilled enough as everyday investors to do it. And that's another reason to love it because they're just so ignored and so underloved. And this well, you- non-gap, this non-gap versus gap thing. There's so much criticism by Wall Street. Oh, non-gap numbers, non-gap numbers are just the DPS manipulated. Well, sure they can be manipulated. But but gap numbers can be manipulated also. I mean, or at least not tell a true story. Why should you not, when you take a gap number that that has a one-time gain from a sale of real estate in it, why should you not take that out? You know, and there's just there are certain adjustments that are conservative and are necessary to understand. Uh, and if you listen to Wall Street too much, I tell you you know, the, the, the blow ups that occur because of, you know, uh, manipulating of adjusted numbers, you're going to miss a wonderful opportunity to find the ones that are not manipulating. And actually the non-gap number actually tells you the true story about the company and its earnings power. Mm-hmm. And we wrote an article about that on GO2, um, uh, about the non-gap versus gap kind of thing.
1: But not only that, I mean, what, sorry, one last point on this, when you, talk, when you talk about like why people tend to avoid turnarounds, I mean, it's a lot more work. Let's be frank. I mean, you can you can pick the timing where it's like, OK, you're starting to see in the numbers. There's something happening here. But, you know, for for microcap guys like ourselves, I mean, sometimes you're looking before you actually see that change. Right. You know, you're banking on humans and then being able to make good decisions all the time. You well, know, like right.
0: that that can sometimes be that, that's really hard. Like the earlier you get involved in the turnaround, the more risk there is. But sometimes that's the better pricing you get too. Now you, you you can. I mean, I mean, for a long time, I was just trying to find turnarounds that were right at their inflection point of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's ways that's to do that, point. and so that would de-risk it a little bit. And there are ways to do that also. You don't got to find a turnaround in any one. You can wait to three or four if you want, and it might be better to do that because you could probably deploy cash better in other places. But the other side of it are you ever going to find a stock that cheap again though it's just that balance you got to ask yourself right like, you know if i wait long enough i was never going to get 80 at 25 cents i would have to buy maybe 80 or 90 cents you know, potentially um uh to wait for the the real turn to, to show you know very clearly in the numbers um as opposed to looking uh, uh, looking under the hood a little bit you know all great all great points bobby so well, it's the build-up before
1: Stairway to Heaven. If I could use a, a guitar <laughs> reference, you know, because you have a guitar behind you, you know, so the, the build-up. I won't bore you um, with that song. <laughs>
0: you, you go to Guitar been, Center and hear 20 guitars playing. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World. Wait in the world. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I I, I was was there, Uh, but (laughs) all right, well, with that, um, Jan, where can people go and uh, find more information about you, follow you on social, the the whole bit?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, just my name, Jan Svenda, but otherwise, yeah, like now that uh, I work uh, very closely with my, sometimes I pop uh, pop up on geo-investing as well. So the uh, the Twitter is uh, geo-investing. Yeah, I I believe so. So that's uh, that's the two places that I think that that are best for, for, for people.
0: Hold on. Hey, I got an hey. idea, Bobby. Talk to me. Why don't you put like you know, our Twitter handles on the video?
1: We should. I yeah. will. It's done. Okay. Host, go. ask and you shall receive. Okay. <laughs> you just have to ask. Put your marketing team on that ace like stat. <laughs> <laughs> done. Well, Maj, so tell me which handle should I put on here? Where can people go and, and follow? Nice. I would
0: put at Gio Investing for geo. You could put Jan's um, handle. Uh, my handle is, you know, ma- uh, at Maj geo investing be fine. Um, you can come to support at geoinvesting.com, drop us an email, send me a direct email at moj at geoinvesting.com. And uh, just, you know, always ask for a free trial. You know, we will be raising prices at some point soon. Just want to let that out there. not going to, I don't know when yet. We'll be raising prices, capping memberships. Well, you know, we've been growing very nicely the last two years. And uh, it's time to re- from the, maybe the next evolution of geo pretty soon. And uh, we're talking about that right now. So exciting stuff. Up. Keep that in mind. Yeah, cool. that's pretty awesome.
1: Hey, you know what? I should do like other YouTubers when they say like, like and subscribe right here, and then follow <laughs> right here, and up here, and then down here. But anyways, so you're anyway. gonna get all that confused. You guys, yeah, it. I'm, it's, I'm <laughs> not even gonna give it a shot. Um, uh, geometry is never my thing anyway. Uh, so with that, guys, thank you so much for joining uh, for today's podcast, Avoiding Crowd with Maj Don. You can go and listen to every audio version of the podcast, wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, you name it. And then also you can see the video version of this on the SNN Network YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash SNN Wire. That's all we got for
0: you today. Maj, Jan, this was awesome. Let's do more of these. I like these educational ones and yeah, we'll come back and do some more interviews again I think end of the month we got want to end up maybe we're trying to get Andrew Walker on here I think that's right um, yeah and but I want to do more of these throughout the year very cool all
1: right guys take it easy thanks too. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Sway Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced referenced in this podcast.